You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. Listen, it is Tuesday. I am ready. I know you are ready. We're going to have a great time. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be to, unto God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. It's Tuesday. Tag a friend. Let them know that we're alive. And listen, we're going to have a great time. I've got my equipment here, my iPad here. I want you to listen to this lesson. I'm going to begin a new series. I want you to send your questions in. It's helpful if you send your questions in during the teaching because immediately after the teaching, I'm going to go to the questions, answer the questions, any comments you have. Listen, I'm excited. We're going to begin a new series today. One of my favorite topics, I guess you said you have, everything is your favorite topic, but I'm going to teach from the subject. I'm still dealing with faith. I taught a series called Mixing Faith with God's Word, but I want to begin a new series entitled The Perspective of Faith. The Perspective of Faith. It is finished. Three words. That's the perspective of faith. It is Finish now. I have a twofold goal in this series. Twofold goal number one, I want to confirm your perspective in regard to your inheritance in Christ. If you're born again, you have an inheritance in Christ. And if you have some knowledge of that, if you've received revelation of that, I want to just confirm it, okay? On the other hand, I want to alter your perspective in regard to your inheritance in Christ. In other words, if you have the, you're listening to this podcast, this series of lessons, and you find out that your perspective in relation to your inheritance is incorrect, then in this series, I want to assist you in bringing that perspective into alignment. And that's going to make sense to you as we walk it out. Now, we're talking about the perspective of faith it is finished. So there are two key words that we want to uh, get on the same page about. The word perspective simply means your viewpoint, your viewpoint. It means the way you see things, the way you see things. Now, you know what the word finish means. The word finish means to complete a job, project, or assignment. To complete a job, project, or assignment. We could define the, the word perspective in one word, done, D-O-N-E, I'm done. We could actually define the word 
finish with another one word, and that's through. I am through. Now, I have some power statements that I want to give you, and this series will be profound. Now, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to help me to clarify and bring clarity about it, but it is profound. This is a profound series. When I first got revelation of this, I had to meditate on it several times over a period of time to to really embrace it. This will be profound, life-transforming, yet profound. I have uh, three power statements that I like to make as a part of my introduction, and this is lesson one. I want to give you three power statements. We're going to have these statements quoted all through the series. Number one, if God has already done something about your need, then he his responsibility has ended and yours has begun. I'll say that again. If God has already done something about your need, then his responsibility has ended and yours has begun. I want to say that statement again. If God, I could have said it like this, if God has done something, that would be past tense, but I wanted to compound it. It may not be good English, but I wanted to compound it. If God has already done something about your need, then his responsibility has ended and your responsibility has begun. Now, here's the second power statement. And you're going to hear these statements throughout the series. We cannot receive... We cannot receive New Testament blessings with an Old Testament mindset. We cannot receive... New Testament blessings, and that's what we want. We want to receive New Testament blessings. We cannot receive New Testament blessings with an Old Testament mindset. And here's the third power statement. And and listen, you're going to hear this over and over. Faith, and that's what we're talking about. That's the theme of what we're talking about. Faith rests in God's finished works. Faith rests in God's finished work. Now, our subject title, our overall theme of this series is the perspective of faith. And I'm answering it in the beginning. It is finished. Now, for the next three lessons beginning today, I want to ask and begin to answer a question. So we could say this would be the subtopic of lesson one, lesson two, lesson three. Well, what is finished? What is finished? The perspective of faith. It is finished. 
So the obvious beginning point for us is we must answer what is finished. We know it has to do with our inheritance in Christ. We know that. We, we know that it has to do with God's plan. But what is finished? So I want to give you today the first of three answers. The first of three answers. And the first answer, what is finished? God the Father has finished his works in heaven and in earth. I'll say that again. God the Father has finished his works in heaven and in the earth. Our proof text is Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. I'll read it to you from the New King James Version. It reads, thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them, the heaven and the earth, were finished. Verse 2, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Now, we're asking the question, what is finished? I'm giving you the first answer out of three answers. The next three lessons, I'm going to be answering that question. The next two lessons after this one, I'm going to be answering the same question. What is finished. So the first answer, we'll deal with it today. We won't go further than the first answer. God the Father has finished his works in heaven and in earth. Colossians chapter 1 tells us that there are two worlds. There's heaven, the invisible world, the spirit world, and earth, the physical world, the visible world that you and I live on. So the first answer to what is finished is that God the Father has finished his works in heaven and in the earth. There are two major statements that I want to follow the rest of the way. Two major statements. I'll give you an overview, and then we'll look at those two statements. The first statement is this. God the Father does everything first in the spirit, the spiritual realm. God the Father does everything first in the spiritual realm. Here's the second statement that we're going to look at today. God the Father is on vacation. God the Father is on vacation. Now let's go back to the first statement. Let's go back to the first statement. And, and again, we're going to give you scripture 
we're going to give you proof text from the Bible to establish what we're saying. Our first statement is that God the Father does everything first in the spiritual realm. Now, I'll expound on that statement. Just give more insight to that statement. God creates everything first in the unseen, invisible spiritual world as either a spiritual thing or a spiritual fact before they exist in the natural world as a visible and physical thing or fact. You said, wow, that was a mouthful. I told you it's going to be profound. It's going to be profound, but it's going to be life transforming. Because I'm going to give you illustrations of it. All I did was expound on the that first statement. I said that God the Father does everything in first in the spiritual realm. I'm expanding that statement. That's all I'm doing. I'm expanding it. Now listen to it. God creates everything first in the unseen, invisible spiritual world. Remember, we said that there are two worlds. There's the world of the spirit, and then there's earth, the natural physical world. So God creates everything first in the unseen, invisible spiritual world as either a spiritual thing or a spiritual fact. God creates everything first, either as a spiritual thing or a spiritual fact, before they exist in the natural world as a visible or physical thing or fact. Profound. But let's, let's get into this. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you three witnesses to establish just what I said. Now, listen, I got my iPad here. I'm going to be glancing at it, waiting on you to ask questions or give comments. And then at the close of the teaching, I'm going to go to my iPad and we're going to look at the comments or the questions. Now, listen to this. First witness, Adam and Eve are our first witness. Adam and Eve were created in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. And many of you, this will be familiar to you, this text. So I'll read it to you from the New King James Version. It says, Then God said, Let us make men in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, listen what God says. God is speaking to the, to the Godhead. 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God said, the Father said, let us, talking to Jesus, talking to the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Now, two things. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, you know, when you read the Bible, the Bible, more often than not, explains itself. So right away, God tells us what he's like. Now, we'll look at what does it mean to be created in his image, but let's talk about his likeness, because in the text, he tells us what God's likeness is. He said, let us make man in our image and and according to our likeness. Then he says, let them have dominion. Now he's explaining to us what likeness is, our likeness. Let them have dominion. In other words, let them have dominion. Let them rule the way we rule. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit rules the universe. He says, we're going to create man in our our likeness, and, and we want them to have dominion like we have dominion. And he explains it. He said, I want them over the fish, five times he says over, over the birds, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing on the earth. That's what likeness is. It's rulership. God created man to be in rulership. Rulership over the earth like he, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are ruler exercise rulership over the universe. Now watch this. Then verse 27, he says, so God created man in our, in his own image, and the image of God created he, him, male and female created he, them. Then verse uh, 28, he, gave, he blessed them and gave them the dominion mandate. God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Okay, so we see from this text that God created Adam and Eve in his image and likeness. We know what his likeness is, it's rulership. But what is his image? What is God's image? Well, Jesus tells us what God's image is in John 4, 24, talking to the woman at Jacob Well. He said, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. So if God is a spirit, when he created Adam and Eve, he created Adam and Eve spirit beings. You see, man is a spirit. Man has a soul. Man, a spirit, lives in a physical body. So we have here that Adam and Eve were created spirit beings in Genesis 1.27, I just read it to you. They're spirit beings. However, God did not form Adam and Eve physical bodies until Genesis 2, verse 7, and Genesis 2, 21 through 22. Now listen what it says in Genesis 2, verse 7. He forms Adam's body. And the Lord formed man, Adam, 
his physical body of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life and man became a living being. So God now is forming Adam's body. That's Genesis 2, verse 17. Now, in Genesis 2, 21 through 22, it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. He slept. He took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh in his place. Then of the, the rib which the Lord had taken from man, he made a woman. So now, in Genesis 2, 21, 22, he He makes a woman from the rib of the man. Now watch this. So God does everything first in the spiritual realm because God created Adam and Eve in Genesis 1, 27, 28. He said, And the scripture said, and God created male and female, created he them. They're spirit beings. They're spirit beings. And then he said, God blessed them. Who is he blessing? Adam and Eve in their spirit form. And he said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, replenish the earth. Who is he talking to? talking to Adam and Eve in Genesis 1, 27 to 28. But their bodies are not formed until Genesis 2, 7, 21 and 22. So God does everything first in the spirit realm. Then it manifests in the physical, natural realm. And here's what I'm saying. I'm saying, listen carefully now, Adam and Eve existed before they were given physical bodies. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Adam and Eve existed before they were given physical bodies. I said that again. Adam and Eve existed, or we could say it like this, they existed before they were born. They existed before they were born. They existed before they manifested in the earth. They existed before they had physical bodies. Now, that's our first witness. Our second witness is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Listen at what the Lord says to Jeremiah in the New King James Version. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, this text tells us something very profound. Remember, God does everything in the spirit world first. Now, watch what God says. This text tells us that God knew Jeremiah in his unborn, unseen, 
spirit being form, and he ordained Jeremiah a prophet before he was physically born. Think about that. Think about that. The Bible says that God said to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He said, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So Jeremiah existed before he was born physically in the earth. Jeremiah existed before he was manifested in the earth. That's because God does everything first in the spirit realm. Got it? Let's look at our third witness. This is profound, but it's so important if we're going to walk in our in Christ realities. It's so very important. Now, let's look at our third witness. We looked at Adam and Eve. They existed before they were formed in the earth. We looked at Jeremiah. He existed before he was born. Let's look at Jesus. Now, Jesus is our third witness. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, and I want to read from the Amplified Bible. Notice what it says. It is true that he, referring to Jesus, was chosen and foreordained, destined and foreknown for it before the foundation of the world. But he was brought out into public view, made manifest in these last days at the end of times for your sake. That is something. I'll read that again and I'll slow down this time. This is 1 Peter 1.20 in the Amplified Bible. It is true that he, Jesus, was chosen and foreordained, destined and foreknown for it, before the foundation of the world. In other words, God chose Jesus to, to deliver humanity before the foundation of the world, before the world was created, before Adam had sinned. God had already in eternity past chosen Jesus to deliver mankind. And it says... He was brought out in public view, manifest in these last days at the end of time for your sake. Now watch this. So in eternity past, God ordained, God chose Jesus to deliver humanity, that's us, before Adam sinned before the earth was created, which tells us that God does things before time. God lives outside of time. We, you and I humans, we live in time, past, present, and future, right? God stands outside of time. God created time for us to operate in. He's not limited to time. So before time began, God saw 
man's sin, saw Adam's failure, saw what would happen. And before time, before the earth was created, because God can see it before it happens, he decided I'm going to send Jesus in the earth to save humanity. That's before the earth was created. That's before Jesus was ever born. That's before Adam was ever sinned. And then Peter says he was manifested in time. God put Jesus in time. But before time, God had already decided how he was going to handle man's failure. That is something else. That is profound. That is the bigness of God, the amazing knowledge of God, the omniscience of God, the beauty of God, the love of God. God is proactive. He's not reactive. He's not reacting to what's happening in this earth. He's already seen what's going to happen, and he's already made provision. Now, watch this then we have to conclude that Jesus existed before he was manifested in the earth. Now watch this. God's plan for Jesus' life was established before he was born in Bethlehem. Now, so God made a decision before Jesus was born. Now, listen to Revelation 13 Eight. Now, you better fasten your seatbelt because this is going to knock you off your, your seat. Watch this. New Living Translation, Revelation 13, 8. And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life, which belongs to the Lamb. Now, it's talking about future stuff. John is the revelator, he's talking about something that's going to happen in the future, and he's talking about the beast, the Antichrist, and he's talking about those who follow the Antichrist. Their names were not written in the book of life. Now, watch what it says. Not written in the book of life, which belongs to the Lamb. Now, watch this. Belongs to the Lamb, that's Jesus, who was killed before the world was made. Did you hear what I just said? That's Revelation 13, 8. Jesus was killed before the world was made. I'm going to put it like this. You better get ready. Jesus was killed before he died. What? Jesus was killed before he died. I'm going I'm to throw something even heavier before you. Jesus was killed before he was born, before he was born physically in the earth, the Bible says he was killed before the world was made. He was killed before the world was created, before Adam sinned, before he was born. God killed Jesus to pay for man's sins before Jesus came in the earth. That's what the scripture says. Why? Because God does everything first in the spirit realm. Now, that leads us to our second statement. God is on vacation. God is on vacation. Genesis 2-2 says that God ended his work heavens and the earth, and he rested. 
God finished. He rested. He went on vacation. And I don't know about you, but I don't work when I'm on vacation. I don't work when I'm on vacation. Now, listen at this. I'm going to give you some concluding marks. Now, remember, this is a series. We just said the foundation. We're trying to get you on board because something powerful is going to happen when you get this revelation. Faith rests in God's finished work. Faith now. God has finished, so now my faith has to rest in God's finished work. You are never, here's another statement, you're never in faith when you try to get God to do something he's already done. And that's what many Christians are doing. They're trying to get God to do something that he's already done. Faith is not an initiator. Faith is a responder to what God has already done. I'm not trying to get God to do something. I'm responding to what he has done. So what is finished? God the Father has finished his work and works in the heaven and the earth. Now, what does that mean for us? Listen carefully. That means that your destiny plan, my destiny plan, our destiny plan, the good plan that God has purposed for our lives was established before we were born. God has a track. God has a path. God has a good path, a good track that he intends for you and I to walk in. And he established that before he created the world. He established that before you were born. He established that before you were sinners. He established that before you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. So a part of our response is to discover what he has already planned. And what he has already planned, the, the destiny plan, there along that path, there are people that God has already assigned to help you. When you're walking on that path, God has already assigned people to help you. When you walk on that path, all the finances, all the material provision that you will ever need in this life, it's already been prepared. God is not going to prepare it. It's already been prepared. Everything, the favor that you need, there are going to be people that have resources, people in position, people who have power, and God has placed those people along the path that he has designed in eternity past, and they're going to use their power, they're going to use their wealth, they're going to use their influence to support you. Now, that does not, because it is finished, preclude our faith. It does not preclude our obedience. 
when we discover and we see God, what's your plan? What do you want me to do? God is obligated to reveal that. Now, if you try to take your plan to God, your thing, and you, God will even allow you to choose it. But along your path, it, there won't be the people, there won't be the resources. You may accomplish some things. You may have some ex- success. You may go to school and do pretty good, but you're never going to reach the levels that God intend and have the backing that God's intend if you walk in along your path and he has a whole different path. God has already finished everything he's going to do for you. Now it's about you and I discovering, desiring, choosing that path, and you'll see everything has already been worked out for you. God ain't thinking about how to make you successful. He's already planned. He's already prepared everybody you need to know. You say, well, I don't know anybody. God has already prepared everything you will ever need to be successful. And you're going to learn that. But in our next lesson, our next lesson, we're going to talk about Jesus. Jesus has already finished the work of redemption. And we're going to look at Jesus and you know what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. When you tap into the revelation that it is finished, you're going to have rest. You're not going to be frustrated. You're not going to be worried. You're not going to be nervous. You're not going to be depressed. You're not going to be suicidal because you're going to know God has already planned for your success. No matter what's happening in your right, life right now, God has already planned for your breakthrough, your victory, your overcoming, your deliverance. God has already planned it ahead of time. It is finished. I trust you got blessed today. I, I see something here I need to look at. Um Uh, Question here, look like a good question. It says, if God is on vacation, does this mean he isn't hearing and responding to my prayers? Can my prayers have an effect on what happened in my life? Okay, that's a great question. That's a great question. Ooh, you asked a great question. Okay, now, if God is on vacation, does that mean he isn't hearing and responding to my prayers? That doesn't mean that he's not hearing, okay? But what we want your prayers to be in alignment with his perspective. Now, if your prayers are not in alignment with his perspective, then he's not hearing. For example, for example, if for example, and we're going to get into this in detail, God says by whose stripes you were healed. Now, what's your perspective? God's perspective is that you were healed 2,000 years ago. Okay, so are you trying to get God to do something he's already done, or are you going to agree with him? So the answer to your question, he is hearing, and he is responding if your perspective is in alignment, if you're seeing your inheritance the way he, he sees it. And I'm going to show you exactly how he sees it in this series. Great, great question. God, for the most part, 
is honoring your faith. He's not responding like you tell him to go here and do this and he's going to do this. He's already done it. That's what I mean on vacation. Your prayers is not causing God to do something. He's already done it. Now, when your prayers get in alignment with that, when you start claiming, Father, I just want to thank you that you've done this for me and I believe I receive now you're in alignment. And that's what a part of the, the thing I want to help you with is to help you get in alignment. Can my prayers have an effect on what happens in my life? Yes. Okay. The fact that he's finished does not preclude your obedience. It does not preclude your faith. In other words, you got to have faith in the fact that he's done something for you. And you have to receive that by faith. And any mandate or any instructions that he give you, you've got to act out on that. Because it is finished in the spirit world. You participate to cause it to manifest in the natural world. It's not in the natural world. It is finished in the spirit world. It is your participation, your perspective, you agreeing with God, that causes what God has finished to be manifested in time. It was finished in eternity to pass. Your participation, your participation is not causing God to create it. Your participation is real responding to what he has done and you're receiving it by faith. You're lining your believing and your actions with what he's already done. And it's going to change the way you act because you're, you're, you're not going to be fasting to force God to do something. You're going to be fasting to hear what God is saying to you, to hear clearer. You're going to be fasting to get a revelation of what God has done. You're not going to be fasting to try to force him to do what he's already done. Now, it's going to change you. How do you know if you're on the path uh, chosen by God? Now, you know, the bottom line on it, week in and week out, we're talking, we're teaching. I did a series. I did a series uh, on a, a recent teaching on the supernatural life and hearing God. And I walked through se seven things in that the, the supernatural life and hearing God. And really, to be honest with you, if you're on God's path, there's going to be some manifestations. You know what I mean? If nothing is working, nothing is happening, either you don't have his perspective or you're not on his path. Because he said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. If life is totally frustrating for you, totally frustrating, you're hitting your head up against a wall, nothing is working, then there are either two things. You're not on this path or you're, you're not operating in the perspective that he wants you to operate. You're, you're, you're operating with trying to get what God has already given. And here again, I'm going to show you. I can't share with it all in one lesson. I can't do that. This is a series. But I'm gonna, it's going to become clear to you. But it's not going to be a quick answer. I promise you that. I know we like quick answers. Give it all to me in one lesson. No, it's not going to be like that.
It's a revelation. As you understand it and, and get it in you, then you're going to see more manifestations in your life. Thank you.